You're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. People's ability to understand health information is related to the clarity of the communication. Health professional skills and use of medical jargon negatively can affect patients' understanding, care, and outcomes. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Taylor Grant, a recipient of the Gold Award for Health Promotion by the National Health Information Center. She has over 15 years professional experience developing safety and wellness programs for governmental agencies, international corporations, national retailers, and major healthcare organizations. Her latest book, Health Matters, Eight Steps That Can Save Your Life and Your Family's Health, will be published in September 2007. Welcome. Well, thank you, Dr. Lund. It's a pleasure to be with you. Oh, Taylor, there seems to be a mismatch uh, between the communication skills of patients and physicians. How can we make this better? Well, you have to remember that as professionals, you guys have a lot of training. I mean, you have a lot of education, a lot of experience. You deal with this every day. When you talk to each other, you talk a certain language. When patients come in, when, you know, regular people walk in the door, we don't have that background or that training. It really isn't emphasized. And some things that you take for granted that patients might know, it's kind of funny to hear doctors say, I'm surprised that people don't understand this. But the general public has really a very, very basic knowledge of health matters, more basic than most physicians realize. So what are the benefits to improving how we do communicate with patients? Well, what you're going to find is your patients are going to be able to make better decisions because they're going to be armed with more understanding about what you're talking about. And that, in effect, is going to improve outcomes because they can understand, they can follow treatment plans better. And I know this is a big source of frustration with physicians when they've outlined a treatment plan and it doesn't get followed because the patient really didn't understand it, but they were afraid to say. Also, a very practical benefit is that less malpractice because there's less chance you'll be misunderstood. And any any physician, unfortunately, who's been involved in that knows that a lot of malpractice comes just from simple communication errors. Again, practically, plain language gets the message across in the shortest time possible. And studies have even shown that plain language saves time, money, and staffing. And I know every doctor today is trying to make the most of their time so they can see their patients and give them the care. And you find when you talk in plain language, the patients get in and out quicker because they understand what you're talking about. So what are some easy tips for helping doctors communicate more clearly with their patients? The first one is keep it simple. Remember, to you it's sodium, but to us it's salt. You know, we need things said very simply to us. Secondly, ask open-ended questions. Use how and what not yes or no, and this will draw your patients out. For example, instead of saying, do you have any questions, say, what questions do you have? Mm -hmm. So that they talk. You want to use simple words, and anytime you use a technical term, explain it to them. And then lastly, this is a really great tip, is check for understanding. And a great way to do that is ask a patient to repeat back to you what you said. For example, you might say, I want to be sure I didn't leave anything out. Can you tell me how you're going to follow the treatment plan so I can be sure we've covered everything? And ask them to repeat it back to you because you'll find, and this is in every facet of life, what people hear is often very different than what you say. Those are really helpful tips. The other thing that I found is is not to ask patients yes or no questions. You make them open-ended in all respects, even when asking if they understand what you just said. You know, figure out another way to say it so they, they can't get off so easy with a one-word answer. 
Absolutely. And you being a journalist as well, no, that's sort of the death of an interview. So what are some of the primary things that befuddle patients? Well, you know, ones that the physicians don't often think about test results. I have found people get so confused about what their test results are, the word negative and positive and the numbers. So you want to tell them what was the test for, what their results were, and what it means to them. Let me give you an example. You might say your pap smear was to see if you have any cancer cells or infections in your cervix, a part of your female organs. None were found. You have had three pap smears with nothing unusual, so you won't need another pap until 2010. Make it very simple so they understand why did I have the test, what was the result, and what does this mean for my future health? What do you think a lot of doctor's offices, it seems these days, just send a thing in the mail about lab tests or things like pap smears? Do you think that's a good idea, a bad idea? Again, could we word the, the mail-in card better? Well, you know, if it's giving patients information, I think it's great, but you're correct. Too often, if you send, you know, and, and I joke with my doctor a lot. She knows what I do, and so we go back and forth a lot. And, and I did. It's funny you say that because I took my last card in that said, your, your pap smear came back, it was negative. And I was just telling her, interestingly enough, for the average person, that would probably be scary. She said, you know, I never thought about that. That for people, she said, they don't realize negative means no, no abnormalities were found. And so we were just having a discussion about that vernacular and how it's used with patients. So, of course, if you can, I think it's great to send it in writing to make sure they get it. But you do need to think about, again, rewording your communications with people so that it's in plain English and they really understand what it is that, that you're telling them. Because too often as well, you know, they don't act upon test results that need to be acted on because they don't know they're supposed to. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is healthcare advocacy expert Taylor Grant. We're discussing how to talk to patients so they understand. Now, Taylor, what other kind of language changes can we be aware of? I do a seminar for doctors around the country called Plain Talk Doc, and it's really fun because we actually use a buzzer, and we have them buzz each other when they've used a term that, that is, you know, a little harder to understand. So I'll give you a few that we use in the seminar. For example, if you're saying, in order to, to, in the event that, if, and, you know, some of the other medical terms, hypertension, stay high blood pressure, you'd be amazed at how many people think hypertension has to do with stress. They don't realize it, has, it is high blood pressure. I know for you guys, you're laughing and saying, but we use that every day. Cardiac, say the word heart. Even talking about a patient, talking about them in the third person, say you. And here's, here's a quick little statement. Neuralgia, which accompanies fractures of the fibula, indicates administration of an analgesic. Instead, I can give you a pain reliever to help your broken leg feel better. That's what we need to hear. That's what we understand. So, again, we so respect that, that knowledge and that learning, but to communicate your point, because really what you'll find is patients will nod at you. They'll act like they understand, but they really, you know, have very low understanding of those kinds of terms. You know, to play devil's advocate here for a minute, isn't this just kind of dumbing down our society? Well, I, I understand that perspective, but to expect patients who haven't really had any education in health to somehow rise to that occasion and figure out what you're saying, and the reality is, 
as you know, nine out of ten Americans really are considered to have fairly low health literacy levels. It's just not there. So I think with the limited time that we spend with our doctors, unfortunately, that the healthcare system has given us, we don't really have that many opportunities to kind of rise to the occasion and say, I'm going to educate myself. Now, when you have an opportunity to educate, I'm all for it and I say take it. You know, if you can write down the technical name of a condition or give somebody a brochure that they can read that's in their language, I think that's great. But again, our goal together is to improve everybody's health and to get some of this prevention going and to get these statistics on diabetes and on obesity and on heart disease down. And I think the way to do it is to really work together on on a level everyone can understand. Is there any research showing that maybe other cultures, other countries do this better than we do? Other countries are struggling with the issue the same way we are. You're finding in England they're starting to do education with doctors on how to draw patients out because in England they've found patients are very hesitant to talk about their real issues with their doctors, and doctors are finding the treatment isn't quite as effective. And in Canada, same thing. They have a whole program called SMOG. Now, you're going to put me on the spot, but it's evaluating the gobbledygook. That's what the G stands for, and they're trying to take that out of their literature when it comes to health. Now, again, in countries where they've got universal health care, this is an important issue for them because they're very interested in prevention and making sure patients understand because they really have no choice. Their country needs to maximize their resources and make sure they're focusing on prevention and on actionable treatments rather than allowing some conditions as they have in this country to kind of run amok. Is there a role for for non-physicians here? Absolutely. Nurse practitioners, physician assistants, any office staff, technicians, they're so important in helping bridge that gap. It's interesting because some patients feel much more comfortable after the doctor's left I'm sure nurses report this all the time, that they come in and the patient will then ask them, could you explain this to me? So absolutely, it's a great intermediary to explain what this means. And I'd love to see in this country the nurse practitioner, the physician assistant, performing some of those roles and and doing more on prevention and explaining. When the doctor comes in and says, you've been diagnosed with diabetes, he's got to get on to the the next patient. But there's some people in his office that can give them a real down-to-earth explanation of what that means to the patient. Do you find that anybody does this particularly well that we can look to as a model? People are trying. And there are a lot of programs. I know the AMA has a big program that they're trying to give to their members about this issue. To be honest with you, I haven't seen a major effort that has shown some real significant results because it's really in its infancy. I mean, we're all trying to struggle with this and come together. And the way our systems evolve, there are a lot of people in between the physician and the patient. There are insurance companies, drug companies, the government. And I think patients and doctors are both kind of getting to where we want to get it back to where we know each other and we can talk to each other honestly and we can work together. I go around and do these seminars and I'm amazed at how many doctors are very interested in this issue and in learning to do it and on and making the effort to talk to their patients on a better level because they want to go into work every day and love what they do again. And I think in some ways we've lost that in this country. Doctors are very frustrated. So we all want to work together to kind of get that great healthcare system back. Is there a, a way maybe we can take the pulse of our practice to see how well we do individually on this matter? Doing a survey with your patients is never a bad idea. I know it's rarely done, but I have worked with doctors who have done it, who have sent out comment cards and said, tell me some ways I can improve. Also, one thing to think about, and and this this is a touchy subject and it has to be right for the individual physician, but opening up an email dialogue for patients that have computers can sometimes help because 
often a patient will just have a question they want to ask quickly and they don't want to bother you or they don't feel they need to come in for an office visit. And I know, you know no one's advocating to do email medicine because I think that's just a terrible idea on, on a grand scale. But certainly that communication and being able to talk that way and have that connection may be something for some physicians that works really well. But you have to find what's right to you and always asking your patients, you know, how did you feel about this visit? Is there anything else you want to talk to me about? Is a great way to just make them feel he really or she is really listening to me. One of the things that I sometimes do is ask patients, now, how are you going to tell this to your family? How are you going to explain it to them? And that way I can figure out if they really understood what I told them. That's excellent. And again, that's, that's sort of a roundabout way of doing that restatement, that restatement trick, and it's perfect because you're asking them, to again, to tell you back tell me that you understand. Thank you, Taylor. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me anytime. We've been discussing how to talk to patients so they understand. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.